Well, it, it is uh, it's good to be together and to see you folks here this morning. Um, I don't know how many saw the sunrise this morning. Anyone see the sunrise? Okay. And uh, there's, I thought, something, at least from my perspective, where I was standing. Um, after a while, there, there's like, there's a, like a, a cloud formation right where the sun was going to be coming up. And just, just a kind of a, a pillar. And I don't want to make something really spiritual here. But as it, as it came up some more, there's, there's a cross across that pillar of clouds. You know, and it, it just it looked like here's, here's the, the dawning of a new day. Just happens to be Christmas. And there's a little uh, sign of, uh, you know, why did Jesus come? You know, he, he came to die. He was born to die. And um, I've got uh, uh, a message here this morning that I'd like to share with you here. And um, it has to do, uh, it actually is probably a, a smorgasbord here. I, I'm a good uh, Norwegian kind of guy from, you know, the center of Lutheranism in, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, and uh, we used to do smorgasbords, and this uh, it reminds me a little bit of that. There's a little bit of uh, a number of things that we'll be considering here this morning as we uh, have a, a challenge from God's Word. We'll leave it at that. And uh, really, when it, in the end, if we started at the end, it's all about Jesus. And it's all about Jesus in, in, in my, my position here uh, to proclaim him, to uh, encourage you in your faith to grow in him, to love him and to serve him. That's what, um, you know, here's, here's what starts coming forth from Christmas. That Christ came. And more and more what we see coming from this little stream of here's this little baby born, it, it just comes more and more of gifts, the gift of God. And the Bible says, thanks be to God for his what? His indescribable gift. And that's, what, that's one of the phrases I'd like for you to walk out of here with today. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And the other one is, just to keep saying this over and over again, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Just to let that, those simple phrases sink into our minds and into our beings and into our life. That we would have that uh, ready. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. In Jesus Christ. Now, you know, in my in my position here at the church, you know, for in fact, all of us on the staff—Brennan, Sarah, Rick—and uh, then our elders and our deacons. Really, the key is that we'd be demonstrating and modeling the Christian life, and. The one thing to, to help people with in general is to point others 
to trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord. Um, if you were to if you were to be at everything that happens, a, a church service, Sunday school, um, a wedding, uh, a funeral, uh, whatever kind of meeting, what we want to do is somehow say, how can we get the gospel in to point people to Jesus Christ? It's kind of like being a road sign. You know, it's uh, just being a road sign and, and you're pointing one way. And that's all you're doing. That's what we're trying to do in pointing people to Jesus Christ. Now, if we fail in that, we fail miserably. Because then we, then what are we? If, if we're failing to do what God's told us to do, then w- what comes of it? Then we, we ought to just shut the doors of the, the building and lock it up and say, you know, we're done. But we need to keep pressing on to point people to Jesus Christ. And I address that issue of if, if we don't point to him, we fail miserably. I mention that because due to the propensity that everyone has, everyone has this proneness. We're prone to wander. We're prone to, to really get onto our own agenda. And let me say this. We're also prone to allow the spotlight of life to fall upon ourselves more than we should. That life becomes more about you and this issue or me and my issues. And that's a problem that we have. Um, we, we have the problem of trusting ourselves too much, of relying on ourselves too much. And the problem is really that we're drifting from the ocean of God's grace. <clears throat> we, we, we drift away, we, we walk away from the ocean of God's grace. And the ocean of God's grace is where we need to be uh, taking from and, and drinking from constantly. And when we leave the ocean of God's grace... You know what we turn to? We turn to really, let me just say it this way with this word picture. We turn to the desert of self. And when we get in that way, then we start getting more miserable. Then we start having problems. And your life is, is a mess, really, when we start doing that. When we leave God's grace and move off to the desert of self. And that desert of self has the issues of self-righteousness, self-promotion, self-esteem. All these things that, that really build up self. And um, I want us to be a people, I want to encourage all of us to be a people that really lift up the treasure of Christ more and more. Because it, life is really, if you're saying you're a Christian, life is really about Jesus then. Now, let me, I, I want to um, give you a contrast here. Why did Christ come? I'm going to tell you first why he didn't come. Why he didn't come. He did not come merely to make us good church people. Everyone tends to think that. Oh, if I go to church, I'm going to become like, you know, those good church people. <laughs> Christ did not come to make you into a good church person. Okay? Um, 
he didn't come to, and the, the men at the men's uh, uh, game feed, we saw an illustration of that, of uh, being holy huddlers. And uh, Jesus Christ did not come to make Christians into, you know, a group of people that would just holy, you know, have holy huddles. He did not come to make us prosperity people. Name it and claim it. He didn't come to make us that. Study the life of Jesus and see what he was like. And you'll know right away. He didn't come to make you into a prosperity, name it and claim it kind of a person. And he didn't come to make me or you into a fighting fundamentalist. That we're going to battle all the enemies of God. He didn't come to make us a fighting fundamentalist. Okay? Now, in and of themselves, and you could add to this list, I guess, but in and of themselves, these descriptions are really just incomplete by, by themselves. They're incomplete. Now, there might be a time where one of us might have to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand on this and I'm going to fight for this because this is right. And so therefore, you know, I want to be a good soldier of the cross, right? Okay? But in and of itself, that's not what he came to make me into and, or to make you. Some of these uh, things that I've listed here, they're just really, they're, they're kind of off the target of what Christ came to do. And so here this morning, I want to draw your mind to the things that he came to make you. And first of all, Romans 8 tells us, Romans chapter 8 says that he came to conform you into the image, into his own likeness, into the image of his son. Jesus came to, that your life might be changed to be conformed into his image. So that when you read about Jesus in the Gospels, that you and I, as, as Christians, if you're a Christian, that you're becoming more like him in that way. He also came to, he said, you know, you are the light of the world. So he wanted to make us lights. And obviously here at Christmas time, we've got that picture, that visual all over the place. He wants to make you a light in a dark world. And he wants to make you salt in a decaying world. And is that happening in your life? Do you see those things happening in your life? Or are we kind of more like the darkness than the light? Or are we more like the decaying world than salt? That's a challenge for me and it's a challenge for you. Because he didn't just come to say, oh, let's love everyone. He came to say, here's a difference. You follow me, there's going to be a difference in your life now. And there should be a difference from the world. You're light. You're not in the darkness anymore. You're light. Therefore, shine. You're salt. You're not a part of the decaying world anymore. You're a part of, you're, you're salt. You're making a difference. There's a taste there. And there's a, there's a, a way of, of, you know, preserving things. Okay? So. He, he came to conform us into his own image. He came to make us light in a dark world. He came to make us salt in a decaying world. He came to have you and me be his messengers. He wants you to be a messenger for him. And another way to say that, he, he wants you to be his servant. 
You're his servant. And so do his bidding. And a part of being a messenger is being an ambassador. Where now it steps up in a sense to be a representative of him as an ambassador. And then being a living model. He wants me to be a living model. He wants you as a believer to be a living model of his grace and his truth. And then he wants, he came to be glorified in us. You know that on a cold morning, your glove is, is just sitting there without any life in it. But once you put that glove on, that glove now all of a sudden has a life. Why? Because your hand is in it. And now, you know, here, here's the idea for me, for you as a believer in Jesus Christ, that you would be filled with the Spirit of God so that you'd be useful in His hands. You'd be useful. Don't you want that in your life, Christian? Be useful in, in His kingdom. And finally, He came to be our treasure not to just be another, I've said this before, not to just be another patch on my list of accomplishments. He came to be your treasure. That you would treasure him above everything else and go and sell everything and say, I want to buy that field because there's the treasure. And I want to own that. And that's the challenge for us. There's many of us here this morning that have a problem treasuring Christ above all else. And that's what he's wanting to develop in us. And that's why he allows things to happen in us so that we'll see, oh, that wasn't that important. This is what's important to treasure Christ Jesus. Now, one aspect of that is how he came. Remember the, in John chapter 1? John chapter 1 says that Jesus, um, he's the word that became flesh. And he dwelt among us. And the Bible goes on to say that he came full of what? Full of grace and truth. Now, folks, there is a critical uh, comparison right there. That's critical that we understand that. He didn't come full of grace and partial truth. He didn't come full of truth and partial grace. He came full of grace and truth. That's that's an incredible uh, statement. And you know what our problem is? I don't come full of grace and truth. I come maybe maybe a portion of one or the other. And I need to learn more about it. But Jesus came perfectly full of grace and truth. Now, here's the other thing. Stay with me on this thought line. We are under the law. We're under the law. And we have a tendency to come into church and to enter into a spiritual realm and think that I have to keep the, the steps and, and do all the right things to gain points with God. That's what many of us think. We tend to have that, that mindset that, oh, I've got to perform for God and I'll get points with God. But God doesn't work in that way. And here's a part of, listen, stay with me on this. Here's a part of treasuring Christ because here's what he came to do. I could not keep the law. I failed in it. You failed in it. I fell short in, in keeping the law. You fall short in keeping the law. Guess what Christ came to do? He kept the law. 
He didn't come to abolish it. He came to fulfill it. Matthew chapter 5. He came to fulfill the law. He didn't come to abolish it. And a lot of times we come to faith in Christ and we say, well, I don't have to keep the law. Well, yes, you do. You are, you're supposed to learn to say, I want to love it. Love the law. Love God. What, what did God reveal when he gave the law? God revealed, and just think of it in just the Ten Commandments. What did God reveal? He revealed his holy, lovely perfection. And he also revealed your and my failure. Because there's no one here that can keep the law perfectly. So Jesus, when he came, Jesus kept the law. Now, here's a, here's a little um, statement I'm going to read for you. Track along with me here on this. The law and the gospel. Now, remember, all through this, here's what Jesus came to do. The law shows us our sin. The gospel shows us a remedy. The law shows us our condemnation. The gospel shows us our redemption. The law is a word of despair. The gospel is a word of comfort. The law says, pay your debt. (laughs) The gospel says, Christ paid it at Calvary. The law says you are a sinner, despair, and you will be damned. The gospel says your sins are forgiven. Be of good comfort. You'll be saved. The law says make amends for your sin. The gospel says Christ has made it for you. The law says your father in heaven is angry with you. The gospel says Christ has pacified him, has been the propitiation through his blood. He covered it. The law asks, where is your righteousness? Where is your goodness? Where is your satisfaction? And the gospel says, Christ is my righteousness. Christ is my goodness. Christ is my satisfaction. And the law says, you are bound And you are indebted. The gospel says. Christ. Has delivered you. From them all. Okay. Now. That's important because. God will hold everyone. To what? His perfect law. He will do that. He'll hold you and I to his law. That's what he laid out. He doesn't have to speak afresh in a new way. He's already given it. He said, here's the law. Be perfect. And you and I can't be perfect. So Christ came. Those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ have your your account is credited with Christ's righteousness. Those who have not yet believed, you've got your own credit on there, which doesn't... It doesn't make it. It does not match up to God's perfection. 
So you cannot, no matter how good you are, your righteousness effort still falls short. Christ is perfect. He covered it. So I have his righteousness. Many of you have his righteousness set to your account. And now, how is your life going? Are, are, are in your life, are you living in such a way to want to honor him and be of, of uh, use in, in God's way? So, this is... Uh, Here's, here's what I'd like to really just wrap it up with, okay? That we understand this is what Christ did. This is a gift that he, that he kept the law, that he was perfect in every way, and he did not fail in one iota of it. He kept the law, and when you believe on him, you're counted as, as righteous before God's sight because of Christ. Now, this illustration that I want to give right now is for us as Christians. I want to ask you to stop and, and I don't have, I wish I had a visual of it. But if you can imagine a little itsy bitsy dot on my finger. And that little dot represents the moon. Okay? The moon. That, you know, our or Earth's moon. And it's a little itsy-bitsy spot. And if we had something that was 400 times that little spot, 400 times that, maybe we could still fit it in this room. 400 times its size. You know what that is? There's the sun. The moon and the sun, you know, have they don't have a whole lot in common other than they're out there in space. The moon is little itsy-bitsy. The sun is monstrous. It's 400 times the size of the moon. Stay with me here, Christian. How is it that that little itsy-bitsy spot could block out the sun? Would you stop and think about that? I, I think it's called our solar eclipse, right? where the moon can block out the sun. And all too often, if we're not treasuring Christ, you're like that little moon. You're blocking out the sun. You ever been there where you see an actual eclipse during the day? You know what I'm saying? Everything is not normal. It's like things are not normal. What's going on? Something's not right. Oh, look up in the sky. Ah, it's the moon. It's blocking the sun. How can that be? And it is. And I, Christian, I want to challenge myself and you not to block out the sun, not to eclipse the Son of God in your life by, by this, by doing your own efforts by causing people to look more at you than at the sun. That's our challenge here this Christmas. That our hope would be that Christ, the hope of glory, would shine through us. 
that he would use us and be pleased to use us as we humble ourselves and bow down before him and not get in the way. <laughs> not get in the, and, and not uh, eclipse the sun. Remember what Zechariah said in his prophecy? Here's the day spring that's come. The day spring was what? The rising of the sun. And it referred to his mercy to us. That's in Luke chapter 1. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And here's the, the day spring rising up. And so that we would continue pointing to the, the Son of God in our lives. Not getting in the way. We're going to be uh, doing a study come... Uh, later on in January, we're going to be doing a study on uh, our living hope. That's going to be our, our theme. And uh, that's our, our January memory verse is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and now I, had a, I drew a blank. Um, caused us to be born again. It was, and it's according to His mercy. Caused us to be born again to a living hope by the resurrection or through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And here as we uh, consider these, these few things that I've, I've brought to our attention here this morning, that we walk recognizing it's not a it's not just a a hope like if you're here last night not just talking about a little you know sparkler kind of a hope but a rock solid hope because of jesus christ and his resurrection that no matter what happens to you coming up this week coming up this month the rest of this month coming up in 2012 that we'd hold forth the fact that Jesus is our living hope. And remembering that God has always kept His word. He always will. And Christmas is proof of that. Okay? Christmas is proof that God keeps His word. Emmanuel, God with us. He foretold where he would be born. He foretold how he would come. He, he laid that all out. The prophecies in his word. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. You know, I, in thinking of the Christmas story, I couldn't help but think of, uh, you know, Bethlehem. Insignificant. Next time you drive through... Uh, you know, Hawthorne, and then on past Hawthorne on to Mina and Looning. I think in Mina is like what you got with Bethlehem. It's just insignificant. There's, it's like not much there. And if you live there, I'm sorry, I didn't want to, you know, offend you or something, but, you know, the, Bethlehem was really, there's nothing to it. And yet here, that's the plan of God. There's, he takes the foolish things of the world and, and He will glorify Himself through it all. 
And you know what? If my life were described like a city, it wouldn't be Reno. It wouldn't be Minneapolis. It wouldn't be San Diego, Los Angeles, San Francisco, San Jose. It'd be like, more like Mina and Looning. Same thing with you. There's nothing fancy about us. And, it, you know, don't, don't trip yourself up with that, you know. Just remember what the true treasure is. The treasure is not you. The treasure is not you. The treasure is Jesus Christ. We're just the earthen vessels. Are you holding forth the light? Are you holding forth the treasure? Or are you covering it up? Let the treasure be seen. Let the light be seen. Turn away from sin and turn to Christ. Keep doing that in your life. Turn away from the complaints. Turn to the rejoicing. Turn to praise. Turn to thanks. Get ready for heaven. You don't know when you'll show up there exactly. And some of you, you need to be careful. You need to understand, if you've not made things right with God through Christ, you won't show up in heaven. And that is intended to draw you to your knees, to draw you to faith in Christ. Your life story, what will it be? Is it about your agenda, about what you accomplished, or is it about God and His glory? God and His students, His children, learning and growing to trust Him more and more. Thanks be to God for His indescribable, indescribable gift. God with us, Emmanuel. Let's rejoice today, okay? Let's give Him thanks. And uh, we're looking forward to 2012, amen? That God would be glorified. Let's pray together.